catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, today, we're going to talk with Joe Cook. Joe's the beat reporter for the Longhorns for Inside Texas. Inside Texas is your source for uh, Longhorn news and recruiting information. Uh, welcome, Joe. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, Even though it's a bye week, it always keeps going on Inside Texas. <laughs> it is the uh, inevitable hamster wheel that is Texas football. I'll tell you what, I felt like I was on a hamster wheel this week, uh, this weekend, we saw a repeat of the OU game, not in the same manner. There was no offensive fireworks uh, from Texas like there were was against OU. Uh, but Oklahoma State with a big fourth quarter comeback against the Longhorns. What did uh, you talk with Sarkeesian today at his presser? Uh, what did he have to say? Uh, he basically, he noted how something similar to what he said in his postgame press conference that, you know, when you're not playing complimentary football, when you go three and out, and don't get a first down after Bijan Robinson's touchdown run from the rest of the game, it's hard for any defensive line, offensive line to get much done. And that's kind of what was said today. Uh, but a lot of questions also focused on kind of the, the mental state of the team. This is a team that's played, I think I did the math, I think it's been around 30, if not more, one possession game since 2017. And that doesn't even count, you know, the nine, 10, 11 point games that they've been involved in, too. So uh, they, they talked about uh, this team uh, and where it at, where it's at mentally, because, you know, those fourth quarter comebacks or collapses, it, a lot of it has to do up here. Of course, the physical side is, is a big factor. And of course, the schematic side is a big factor. But there's a lot of here we go again, it seems like. And that was a question today. How are you going to get that fixed? And Sarkeesian said, you know, he's also, as much as he likes to be a scheming guy, he likes to, you know, use the foundation that he built, these are his words, with the team. He's not going to, he said he's not going to walk in there and just start screaming and yelling now after not doing it over these past 10 months. He's going to try and use the tactics that he believes will work because he studied the sports psychology part of it. He's maybe not an expert, but he knows how to apply it. So a lot of what he talked about today was, very specifically on encouraging the team and how to, you know, work with that with the team through some of the struggles that they may have late in games. My column this morning, I don't know if you caught it, uh, Joe, but one of the questions that got tossed around after it it was written and some some uh, uh, readers commented was, you know, what is the psyche of the team right now? And I know uh, they didn't make players available to you in this week since it's a bye week like they normally do. But did he have anything to say about the psyche of the team right now? He didn't say that much, but going back to post-game Saturday, they brought uh, a couple of players they brought were, were Bijan Robinson and, and Casey Thompson. And Bijan talked about how he has to you know, be a vocal leader. And, and Bijan, it, it may be a little bit different for him. He's one, you know, everybody knows him as a guy very much grounded in his faith and you know, always with a smile on his face instead of running the football is that the guy who's who's going to get mean and tell everybody to bow up? Maybe it is, and that's something he talked about 
And with Casey Thompson, you know, he talked about encouraging other players. A, a phrase that he uses often, and he did it going back to the Alamo Bowl, is, is self-talk. And I think that just kind of means talking to, your, talking to yourself, giving yourself encouragement, and encouraging others to do that. So that was something that they mentioned uh, amid the, you know, mild despondence, mild, the despondence of, of losing that game. Uh, but, you know, that's something that we're going to have to to see because I, a question I had is who is that guy on this team who is good and can get in somebody's face and be the one who, if there's a problem with the psyche, turn it around? Yeah, I think I think you're that's a great point because uh, Bijan seen as kind of this everybody's all American kind of guy. Right. Casey's is had a bad game himself. It's hard for the guy that has a bad game to step up and be that guy. DeMarvian Overshone, it might be, might have been that guy on defense, but he was concussed, right? And so I, that's, that's a, that, you know, that's a good guy. Is it Moro Ojomo maybe, or uh, Kerstetter is, is not necessarily that type of leader. Uh, I think that's an interesting point, especially as they're going into a bye week right now, right? And, you know, are they, rudderless at this point from a um and, and what i mean by that is not like i i don't think steve sarkeesian's lost control of the team or something like that I, what i mean by rudderless is who is the leadership and are they really going to step up and guide through a, a difficult period right because um you know baylor's baylor's in a week and a half now uh and the bears are are not slowing down uh and so uh, Texas is sitting at four and three, and if they don't get after it this coming week, they're going to be at four and four, and it's it doesn't get any easier. Iowa State uh, is is a is a good ball club as well. So um, I'm looking at this. West Virginia come, uh, is is another one they have to go on the road for. So Texas does not have an easy schedule uh, from here on out by any stretch. I want to go back though because I, I did I did get a chance to read uh, and and see some of Sarkeesian's presser and ask you about this particularly because I felt like um, I didn't necessarily a hundred percent agree with everything that Sarkeesian was saying, Coach Sarkeesian was saying about the quarterback role right now, the um, amount of snaps, the competition, uh, you know, he mentioned, I think that, you know, he was going to have, I think you, you and I had talked about this. He's going to have competition at offensive tackle and play them in, in and out, but not do the same at quarterback because he felt like at quarterback Casey had earned a little bit longer leash. Um, is that, is that, did that ring true? Did it, did it, it kind of make you think twice about that? Where were you, where did you come out? You were, you were like involved in it. So it's hard for somebody that wasn't, there to, to actually be part of that conversation and understand where he was really going with it other than just reading quotes, you know? Right. I mean, that's the question being discussed heavily, you know, on our inside Texas message board. Uh, he was, he was asked pretty, pretty frankly, is Casey Thompson still your starting quarterback? He gave a quick yes. And then was asked why, you know, you pulled Hudson card for struggling at Arkansas. Why not the same? And as you mentioned, uh, he, he said that he's earned the right to, you know, you know, try and dig himself out of this, which, you know, that's maybe one of the more contentious things currently going on in the Texas program. Not only that, you had Malcolm Rodriguez drive Casey Thompson to the ground. You've already got the issue of his throwing thumb being wrapped up. 
And then just as general ineffectiveness, I think I just looked at the numbers and he was like five of 10 for 25 yards after he threw that touchdown to Bijan Robinson just wasn't good. And granted the whole offense wasn't good. There was a lot of issues uh, and it's hard to blame it all on one player, but even Casey Thompson, his own words, he gets the ball every play. He knows he has to be more important or he knows his job is important and he has to be better. But it is very curious that after making that move earlier in the year, the, the tables seemingly have turned and Hudson Carr did not get his opportunity except for the one play that they needed somebody else because Casey Thompson was forced to go out of the game. And that was his fifth game. So the situation just seems to have been even more muddied. And I, I, I don't think that his answer today uh, was you know, a very strong one considering the way it has gone this year. And, and that was my biggest concern about this season. I, 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 we have had new concerns pop up. Offensive line was obviously one of the original ones. But my biggest fear was that the one thing that could really derail this season was if the quarterback battle was not clear. And after Arkansas, it was not clear, and it, it still really isn't. Although he, he's not going to make a move yet, it's not very clear going away that Casey Thompson is going to be the consistent guy who's going to win the football games, as evidenced by TCU and Oklahoma State. You know what I would tell you, and, and I think maybe a good thing for you to ask Sark in his next press conference, Casey Thompson's been electric in the first half, and, and particularly in the first quarter of games. And I'm sure they rep. I mean, he's a he's a um, you know play card guy. Uh, Sark is. I mean, he's got his first 15, 20 plays scripted. And I wonder if once those first 15 or 20, 25 plays that they've worked on and, and scripted out in pregame or in and on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? Once that goes by the wayside, does Casey Thompson's uh, effectiveness? slide uh, with it right and I, and I think I think that's something that that not many people have thought about at this point but it absolutely could be the the case where and and that could be that could be problem problematic for the entire offense they could be overperforming in the first half and just be who they are in the second half right mm-hmm. um, and I think that unfortunately may be closer to the truth than than, than anything else so Ask if you you haven't asked that yet, right? No one's ask ask that because I think we're seeing a different quarterback in the second half of these games. And, and to that point, I think if you go back and watch some of those last few drives, everybody's going to remember that first half deep throw to to Marcus Washington, who's a guy who you know won't get as much positive praise this this week, but he had a pretty solid game and he's kind of earned that that right to be a starter. But as the game went on and it was crunch time during those three and outs, there was no respect by the Oklahoma State defense for Casey Thompson's ability to throw it over the top or to throw it deep at all. And that, that played out pretty, pretty obviously. So maybe it's something that they're trying to wait and see how he, he's able to play in that first half. And then they realize, look, if we just go ahead and dare him to do it, he's not going to do it. I think uh, that Oklahoma was bitten by it uh, because, you know, he, he figured it out that game to his great credit. TCU almost figured it out, and Oklahoma State definitely did. Yeah, but the offense still stuck. Hey, here's my point, though. Uh, you, you're right about the deep ball, and, and can Casey do it personally? 
My question is more not not so much that it's look, he didn't have a great second half against TCU. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a great second half against uh, OU, as we know. I'm not saying he had a horrible one against OU, but he did not have a great one. The whole offense sputtered against uh, against uh, second half against Oklahoma State was abysmal. I mean, you can say quote stats all you want. He was hurried. He looked like a deer in headlights at time. Uh, he may have been injured too. So I'm not trying to, you know, jump on pile hop here and, and get you know mad at him or something like that. It's I just wonder if after he gets through the scripted plays of the first half and after they run out of that first juice they have, the first 20, 25 plays of the game, if we don't see more of what Casey Thompson really is without the polish of what Steve Sarkeesian has put on his offense. And that is more a uh, byproduct, I think, of actually, is that really who Casey Thompson is versus, you know, what else we might get? So I'm not trying to to belabor anything. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, we could go on forever on the Texas quarterback thing. You and I mean, I, I, I went to school at Texas. You went to school at Texas. There is nothing more interesting than a Texas quarterback battle, uh, and you can talk for hours on it. But I don't want to. I don't want to get too deep in this in the weeds here. The the one thing that the other thing I want to ask you, and I know you brought it up, I think at, at the press conference today, was about the offensive line and them switching those guys in and out. Um, yeah. did, did they? Did he have any? Like, I mean, it's one thing to be a little massage the lineup a little bit, right? He and Kyle Flood massaged the lineup the entire day, um, and I just wonder if that that didn't affect the uh, effectiveness of the offense as well. Yeah, I was I was shocked to see that happen uh, over the course of the. I, I don't think we we were surprised that uh, a change was made, but just to change in the middle of the game because we know that that line has been the source of a lot of problems this year. Uh, and so they did something that they hadn't shown at Texas and made that change mid-game. At least after I asked Steve Sarkeesian uh, about rotating, he said with Tope Amade, who's a 60-year super senior making his first career start, uh, he said something. I can pull up the quote uh, really quickly. Uh, basically, he's just kind of like, you know, I'm not exactly sure. I, I don't have the exact quote paraphrasing, but he's – he said it wouldn't be fair to Tope Amade to try and play him just consistently through all four quarters and wanted him uh, to have an opportunity maybe to catch his breath and also get Hayden Connor some opportunities, which really like that's a six year senior who's been playing football at the the power five level since 2016. And you don't think that he's going to be able to play a a full college football game. I'm a little uh, skeptical about that one. As far as uh, left tackle, um, Christian Jones, I thought, got the hook earlier in the game. Uh, they replaced him with Andre Karich, uh, but those guys rotated. And uh, the explanation for that was that, uh, using Sarkeesian's words, it was to create some healthy competition uh, throughout the course of the game. And that's something that he said that they're going to monitor until the Baylor game. Um, what a time to decide to uh, create healthy competition in the midst of a game uh, I understood it, I guess, in the first half, kind of looking back with hindsight when they had that 17 to three lead. But when it's crunch time, I, you know, you go with who you think is going to get it done. And they just still seem to, to rotate a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that they just still look really bad in pass protection. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it uh, and it doesn't. And, and the, the truth, 
I, I agree that I, I don't, I agree that there was too much rotation likely. Um, uh, and I think that, uh, a lot of that is, is just reality. Uh, there were, there were too many rotate odd rotations. You can't get any kind of, you know, you can't remember where the pass rush was coming from on the previous third down if you weren't in the game. Right. And so there's no experience that you learn from during the game as an offensive lineman, if you weren't out there uh, at the same time, it didn't matter who they put in. Um, it hasn't mattered all year. Yeah. It, 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 the, the, the pass protection was poor. Oklahoma state applied pressure routinely with three. Um, and uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, the offensive line, you can say what you want, but outside of running outside zone, I don't know that they do anything well right now. And, and the facts are, I didn't see enough outside zone in the second half. Um, you know, even when Texas turned it over on downs, that last, the last series, not the last series, but the second to last series, when they turned it over on downs, um, the first play was an outside zone to be and he went for eight yards. Texas never went back to it because they, you know, didn't do anything the next three plays at all. And so, I look at that and I'm like, okay, well, maybe they need to focus on what they do well a little bit better. Um, and I don't know which linemen are, 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 you know, capable of that, but it certainly, uh, it rings hollow to your point. Um, healthy competition is great when it's called for uh, or when, when you can use it. Um, but I, I digress. Did he say anything at all about the pick six from Casey? Because I, I do think that was the turning point of the game that, that, I mean, it would have made te- Texas, Kicks ball goes incomplete. Texas kicks a field goal. They're up by three scores. Spencer Sanders has done absolutely bubkiss all day. Texas likely goes to half with a three-score lead. Mm-hmm. What what he, he, he did he mention it at all? No, and I'm trying to think back to Saturday uh, if he did. Of course, I believe he mentioned it was it was a turning point uh, with Casey Thompson. He he was asked about it and uh, it, he gave a pretty lengthy answer, not very detailed, but just saying he he missed he just missed the throw and Jim Knowles had saw something and, and made the right call and I think uh Ian Boyd may have noted to us I'm not sure if he did uh, publicly but some like that play was used earlier in the game uh and it was used successfully Jim Knowles is a good defensive coordinator that's a very good and experienced defense and Casey kind of stared him down so you got to give some credit to to Jason Taylor for knowing where to be and be in there and making the play as well. But yeah, that, that was easily the turning point. It just went, and that's what, how I wrote it in my story. It just, went, uh, you know, became an uphill battle from there. And that's when going back to our first topic, the, the psyche seemed to start to say, uh Oh, something's going wrong again. And they couldn't snap out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, just a quick little, five-second infomercial, please consider subscribing to InsideTexas.com. That's where uh, Joe and I do our work on a daily basis. Also, if you get a chance, please consider subscribing to this YouTube channel. All it takes is a click, and uh, you'll get an update whenever the next video comes out, uh, immediately uh, pushed to your phone or your uh, laptop. Uh, Joe, I, I want to go to this next piece in um, – Baylor got announced as an 11 o'clock start today, right? Mm-hmm. But on, on top of that, I, I feel like um, where Texas is going right now is the question mark. Um, where, you know, based on what on your 
read of what uh, Sarkeesian said today at, at the presser and, and being in the press box post game and uh, and talking to the guys. Where are their heads right now? Like, are they swimming underwater and trying to just figure out what's going on? Do you think they have a reasonable plan? Um, or are they still working on it? I mean, I, I read today that, oh, we, we've got to get Keelan Robinson more touches. Well, no doubt. You're right. I mean, how is that just being bubbled up? Um, and maybe it was, and it's just now being said. I, I don't know, but I don't want to read too much into it. But what are your feelings on where they are right now from that, that uh, standpoint of their coach and the players after, after those, those two big losses back-to-back? Well, I think what we've seen with the last three hires is that there's always a moment or two or three to where there's a, you know, the conference or the job hits you in the head. And you can talk about, oh, we can get, you know, all this talent at Texas. We can recruit here, you know, Texas on your chest, all, all that, Texas high school football, everything. But now this coach is seeing why he was hired, why he's replacing the other guy, because some of those players that could be better, they're not there. Uh, and kind of what I see at this point is the reason Texas is in all these close games is because they keep, you know, running up against teams that are pretty equally matched with them. Uh, and that's Oklahoma State. That's even Kansas State at some points. That's even what appears to be Baylor. Heck, Baylor and Oklahoma State obviously overmatched them. So I think what this these past couple games have been have been some sort of a, a sign to Steve Sarkeesian that, you know, maybe – the guys that everybody expects to be on Texas outside of number five aren't really on Texas this year. Uh, But as far as stuff like usage, he was asked about Keelan Robinson today. Uh, I think they know what they have in him and they understand uh, that he's a guy that has to get the ball more. It's always easy to just think, get him the ball more, but are you going to take away touches from your best player? as a result, and then that's a balance that they have to, to, to reel in. I think what we've seen is they, they know, it, apparently to me, I mean, a Keelan Robinson, yeah, that's a curious situation that he's not getting it. But it seems like they, they have a good sense of how to get the ball to the right guys at a, at a good time. But what they've been lamenting and what Steve Sarkeesian himself did today was, you know, lament fundamentals and execution, and that goes back to the O-line issues, it goes back to Casey Thompson throwing downfield. Goes back to all that stuff. So, um, and at the same time, it's it's. I know a lot of people want to hit the panic button. It's still year one. They're they're doing some measure of program building, but your program gets built with wins uh, as a result, and and that's that's just hasn't showed up as easy I think as they want it to, which is why I think the buy is coming at a good time. Uh, this is going to be the truest test of of Steve Sarkeesian's, you know, short tenure at Texas so far of how they are able to react to some of the things this job can throw at them. Uh, and also how they're going to be able to react to a team that is raring to beat them at home for the second consecutive occasion. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what Texas can do um, getting ready. And I, I think going back to the fundamentals is probably the proper thing, uh, especially on, on the offensive line and, and on defense. Uh, he did have some good things to say about Alfred Collins today, today uh, I believe, um, or, or one of the guys did. Collins making his first start uh, of the uh, of the year um, and moving into the defensive end role. He was another guy. Jalen Ford, I don't know that they mentioned him, but uh, he had he had a good game in replacement of, of DeMarvin Overshone. So Texas, 
has shown some positive signs of, of maybe finding new people to help, right? So maybe some of those guys are coming, but they're, they're certainly not there yet. And, you know, we'll find out whether or not going back to the fundamentals helps the existing guys get there when it's time to get to Baylor. Um, he also talked about recruiting briefly, I believe. What did he have to say about that? Uh, he, he spoke about, uh, thank, you know, as Texas coaches do, thank the crowd for uh, being there and being pretty packed and uh, having, you know, all the different recruits, Arch Manning, Jontae Cook, Evan Stewart, all those different players show up on campus. Uh, so, you know, that, that obviously was a big weekend. And, of course, we have all those updates. You'll probably on Inside Texas, you'll probably have more videos this week talking about that. But as far as going forward, Texas is going to practice Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, and Thursday this week. All in the uh, uh, all in the morning. Uh, I believe so. No, no updates on that schedule. So I, I guess so. Yeah. Um, you're going to somewhat limit some of the you know get guys the opportunity to recuperate, rotate younger guys. Typical bye week stuff. And then on fr- Thursday. Friday, they're going to go and hit the road and uh, see, you know, some of their current commits and recruits. So it's going to be a, a busy travel schedule for Steve Sarkeesian uh, and his staff. And we'll see how where they go and uh, who they go check out. And, and yeah. then come Sunday, it's on to Baylor. Yeah, he couldn't mean, by the way, he didn't mention those names. Right. I, I got to say this for people, obviously, people that have covered that have followed recruiting for a long time know that college coaches can't mention recruits by name so joe was just mentioning some of the guys that happened to be on campus this weekend sarkeesian did not actually say that at the podium today uh texas also had a couple of a pair of out-of-state offensive linemen in a safety from california as well uh this week in recruiting and and a host of other recruits uh you know joe anything you know before let you go here anything you want to add and close with as you're thinking about the team uh before you get going I think I, I mentioned it earlier that that quarterback battle and the continued, you know, uncertainty there. I always wondered what was going to be the breaks this year. And, and that has been a big break, uh, a pretty sizable pedal that's been smashed. Uh, but yeah, it, it's the, the offensive line has, has struggled. I think we all knew that would be a problem. I don't think anybody recognized it'd be this big a problem. I guess you can take some solace in the fact they're trying to throw everything at it, but you know, everything, nothing stuck. It all keeps falling to the floor, uh, literally. And I don't know if a week and a half is enough time to fix that, but I'm also not paid a million dollars a year to coach a line or five million <laughs> to lead the team. So we'll we'll see what happens. I, oh, far be it for me to make that kind of money, right? <laughs> we wouldn't. We may not be visiting with you on YouTube if we did. All right, Joe. Thanks for your time, bud. Lead beat reporter for Inside Texas. Dot com Joe Cook. Uh, I am Bobby Burton. Uh, thanks for listening to On Texas Football today. Uh, we will be back soon. Uh, I'm talking to Jerry Hamilton, I believe, either later today or early tomorrow uh, about the recruiting situation at Texas as well. Uh, thanks for listening and have a good one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.